0: welcome to another aflame teaching session we hope you enjoy this special message by hank Kleinschmidt. i'm excited about this morning just seeing what he wants to do i loved the worship oh my gosh that was awesome i loved last night i love worship yeah isn't it awesome it's just great when He shows up. It's humbling. It's humbling when He shows up because He doesn't have to. Although He said He will, but He doesn't have to, and yet, yet He does. Isn't it amazing how we can get used to the presence? Which is an awesome thing because that means we're pursuing something that's great, but it's also kind of scary because we get into familiarity with God, which is a really bad idea. And I don't mean that in a want to scare you away i mean that in a we've got to remember who we're dealing with constantly right it's like if prophecy became cheap to you then we're doing it wrong uh isaiah 1 verse 1 i don't know if it was his first prophetic word but isaiah jumps up and he's like the lord has spoken right And he's like, oh heavens, oh earth, give ear. It's like, I love that. It's like he jumps up. He's like, can everything just shut up? You know, like, shh, God is talking. That reverence for the voice of the Lord, the reverence for the the presence of God, the move of the Lord. If it's a headache that's healed, it's pretty awesome because you couldn't do it. And that meant a power that's outside of our world stepped into the room. And he did something pretty glorious. And that should really excite us. Right? It's the simplicity of the gospel that should get us. And sometimes we live from, you know, Mount Carmel to Mount Carmel kind of experiences. And honestly, Mount Carmel was pretty amazing. That's one of the stories I'm definitely going to spend time with Elijah on. Like, Tell me a bit more. How did that go down? You know? But there's moments in between that is just as awesome right and we often miss those because the reality is that life is uh, tedious that's a good word it gets mundane it's every day over and over and over and sometimes it's a little bit boring yeah it's not all every time that you open the word and there's like 500 revelations flooding the pages Sometimes you just read it, and it's like, hmm, that was nice, right? But it's the fact that if we keep our hearts in the right place, that we realize every time I open this book, I am connecting with God. It's divine. It's inspired. This is not of this world, even though it's in print and paper and got a black cover or a brown one or whatever. But it's God. It's infused with God, the Creator, right? And if we can somehow find a way to live in that place, the presence will always be glorious, right? And the more sensitive and grateful you are for the presence, the greater the increase will be. Yeah? You spoke about honor yesterday. The principle of honor applies to heavenly stuff as well. If I honor the angelic realm, the angelic will come. Yeah? If I honor the realm of healing, healing will come. That's what it's about. If I honor signs and wonders in terms of that's the Lord doing it, then that realm will be pulled into this one, right? And that's, so honor is here, it's among men, but honor is towards the things of the kingdom as well. And the more I honor that, the more I'm awakened to that, the more it starts coming into the room, right? A lot of things I didn't know about, When I started my journey with God, and then it started manifesting, which is really exciting. But in the beginning, I didn't know what's going on, right? But then I would hear about it, and I would go, ooh, I want that, right? Many people in the body see things happen somewhere else, and they go, I don't know why we're so weird. And we go all, is is worm a good word? We go all, poor me, I'm just a worm. Uh, It's happening there. Uh, God is so cool, but He won't do it with me. Yay for them. I see it and I'm like, ooh, it's available. Come on. To me, that's as simple. I don't feel like I'm an orphan. I feel like I'm in the kingdom, so I can have it. Yeah. Right? Some of you don't want to think that way because you have five excuses why it's not available. I see an open door. Yeah. Come on. Right? Too many people see that's happening and they go, oh, why not here? Oh, you see the Lord skipping. No, he's not. It's an open door. Go. Go right? Get into it, whatever it takes. Anyway, that wasn't part of the message, but it was fun. So I want to talk to you a little bit about a couple of miracles and a couple of ingredients for miracles. Now, probably none of this is new to you guys, I'm sure about that, but I'm going to talk about it anyway because I'm here and you came back, so that's a good sign. <laughs> so open your Bibles in Second Kings chapter 4, very familiar story. And um, we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Is that okay if we just talk? Right. It's the story about the widow's oil with Elisha, right? That's a good story. It's a great story. Second Kings chapter 4. Isn't Elijah and Elisha awesome? Like in the early days when my kids were young, they wanted to hear cool stories. I would just read them kings. I'm like, these are the coolest, wildest stories in the world. right? I mean, honestly, they're like... What? <laughs> right. And always when you read that, I know they say we've got a better deal in the New Testament, because we do. But always when I read that, I'm like, man, those guys really moved in stuff that we haven't moved in yet. You know, so I'm always like a little bit jealous, which is a good thing, by the way. There is a good jealousy or uh, hunger in the kingdom, right? That makes you crave stuff in God, which is a good thing, right? Because hunger will produce fruit. He satisfies the hungry and the thirsty. So be hungry, right? Yeah. Anyway, so Second Kings chapter 4. It says, now, one of, um, one of the wives of a man of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah for help, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. It almost feels like she's a bit upset with Elisha about that. It's like, why? And you know that your servant reverently feared the Lord, but the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves in payment for a loan, All right. Yeah. We cannot live in debt to the world. Do you hear me? We cannot live in a place where they've got control over us, whoever they are. I don't know who they are, right? But where that spirit, that the agenda of the demon, where we're indebted to them, right? Don't live in that place because that's the place of compromise, right? Right? Is Jesus going in John 16 and saying, I see Satan fell like from heaven like lightning, right? And he says, and he's coming, but he has no hold on me. That's where we want to be. We want to live in that space of purity, holiness, devoted to the Lord. I don't want the debtor to be able to come and demand stuff from my life legally, right? That's the whole point of purification, of holiness, of of yearning for, for that. We were in um, such an incredible moment. We were in Brazil the other day in Rio, and uh, they took us into this, this drug house in a favela. A favela is like a, a slum. Is that a ghetto, whatever you want to call it? So it's like very poor area. So we get taken in there, and uh, we get to minister in, in this absolute hellhole. Yeah, it's disgusting, it's smelly, it's horrible. Friendliest people ever. It's some of the coolest drug dealers I've ever met, honestly. Uh, so kind. I just said to, uh, I said to Taylor, um, the difference between that and South Africa is nobody wanted to kill me the whole time. So I felt really, we we're like, oh man, we could live here, this is awesome, you know. <laughs> We're uh, shooting up, and women forgot to put on clothes. It's just a weird place. It's all awkward. The kids weren't very luckily. So anyway, Maurice would just be like, close your eyes, close your eyes. <laughs> like, thank you. Anyway, so we're, we're in there. So we end up in this little, I don't even know what that is. It's just the weirdest place ever. I mean, it is just, you know, transgenders and all of these different stories. And this girl, I thought she's like 10. I don't know. what I mean, 12. Yeah, she's like, this little lady comes up, I thought she's 12, When she starts talking about her four or five children, I'm like, okay, that's, that's different, so I'm like, okay, you're older than you look, and uh, I mean, her life is a mess, I mean, people are passed out all around her with drugs, and she's kind of there, prostitution, the whole, the whole deal, it's just, it's horrible, and um, so everybody's talking to her, ministering to her, she's, you know, bawling, her mom just passed away, so she feels so lost in life, and all of this stuff, among other reasons, but uh Um, So we start talking to her, and at some point, I just start sharing, and and she's listening, and it's kind of, she's open, so I'm excited, and I go, and I say to her, it was kind of funny, because I wouldn't usually ask that question in a setup like that, I just look at her, and I said, do you want to be pure? (laughs) And when I said it, it's like she burst into tears, but she came alive, like, wow, like, yes, I want that with all my heart, I want to be pure, isn't that awesome? This broken little person, such a mess and pure. That word just hit her, and she's like, oh, that's what I want. Right? And we got to pray for her. The Lord touched her. I mean, she just on the deck, passed out, whatever, just has this encounter with the Lord. She gets up. She's shining. She's like, oh, this is all. But you can see the light, just the purity around her. Isn't that glorious? There's something about purity. Don't be indebted to the enemy. Don't be indebted to the kingdom of darkness with the way you conduct your life don't allow open doors right and people always when you talk about that we go you know sex drug and drugs and alcohol which is you know obviously bad obviously but I'm talking as a believer like belief systems lies that you feed on compromises in your heart all right don't you've got to deal with those things all right that's for another day um Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have of value in the house. I like that. She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a small jar of olive oil. Um, I want to pause there for a minute. That word except, I want you to circle that because that is one of the biggest keys for the miraculous, Right? is to be stripped down to a place where I have nothing except a little bit of oil. That That is the realm of the miraculous. When all resource is stripped, well, where all options is stripped away from you, and all you have is a bit of oil in your hand, right? Which to me represents the anointed one, Christ. It's all I have is Him right now. That's I have a little bit of oil. That's what we've got except is a massive place for the miraculous to break out in your life. And you have to allow yourself, you have to choose to strip yourself of everything so that it's I have nothing which is a problem because most of us have a lot. Right? And I'm not against a lot, I'm not against possessions. We have a nice home, we have a village home, but we have a really nice home. Uh, in the city, well, I think it's nice, Um, and we have cars and, like, normal stuff, you know, Um, normal people, right, although I do live in a village a lot of the time by choice, by choice, by obedience, but those things cannot become my fortification in life, it's foolishness, right, right, wealth, uh, medical aids, which is a good, I have that, all of those things, I have that, right? In my nation, you need that, because if you don't have that, you'll end up in dodgy places, all right? So I have those things, but none of that is my security. All of that is, is super fragile, extremely fragile. My trust, that is not my wall of defense. And for many of us, we haven't come to the accept place yet, where it's only him that's going to fix this situation. And I don't mean like your situation is incurable, therefore I'm there. No, no, I mean even before you went to the doctor and got the report, even before you went to the bank and heard the story, he was your, there was nothing. It's except, except this. This is what I have. I have only this and it's faith. It's the golden oil, Zechariah 4. It's that golden oil that's flowing through your life That's all we have. It's the oil of the presence, the glory of God, Jesus' presence. He needs to step into this room. He needs to step into the situation. Otherwise, I'm done, right? Now, for you and me, that looks different, right? My world and your world is a little bit different. I love your world. I think it's awesome, right? I think it's amazing. My world is also awesome. I think it's amazing. But it's a little bit different than yours, Right when we live in a village, we are the only uh, not a racist thing, it's just the way it is. We're the only white people in how many hundreds of square kilometers, miles I don't know. It's us, ours. Right? We are not celebrated at all, we're not because everything about me is wrong. I'm a white man, Afrikaans. Don't speak the language, living in a village, preaching Jesus. That is not great. Where we're from, right? Uh, there is no police. We're not coming. they are not coming, right? I don't know if they're going to answer their phone because it might not be working today. And if they do, there might not be a vehicle to get to me. So we're not doing that, right? I don't know if my neighbor is going to come over and help me. If something goes wrong, I'm not sure because like I said last night, the one day he's cursing me, the other day he's repenting. So I don't know, right? I don't know if when I get to the hospital, they're going to have a bed for me, right? Because that's my world. It's not yours, but that's my world. I don't have options. There, there is no options. The option is faith. The option is Either he's going to do this for me or not. Even in the city that they know, like, I mean, every day is kind of interesting. Like every day we get photos of guys jumping into houses, stealing this, stealing that. That old person got beat up for, what's 80 rand? Five, not even, three dollars. Got beat up for three dollars. The guy went to play golf. You know golf, right? We have a golf course in the city. Went to play golf. 70-year-old guy, he got attacked, uh, he's beat up, his clubs are stolen, everything is gone, he's in hospital. That's my world, right? It's not your world, praise God for that, I don't want that to be your world, ever, right? But when you live in that world, accept becomes a pretty big word. And something about that, it's right, not the circumstances, But the posture of the heart is right for the glory and the presence and the miraculous to move, right? And that's what I want in my life. And I'm not saying move to a village. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, reorganize your way of life so that the only thing that matters, the first voice, the first place of contact, the first place that I'm crying out to is the oil. It's the anointed one right? And not what I have and what I don't have, because it doesn't really matter what you have or what you don't have. What matters is, do you have oil? Do you have him? And is he the first place that I run to? Right? And you can choose that way of life. Um, There was a lady, um, Tani Dalian, Dalian Bosov, it doesn't matter, the fudge lady, so she Uh, So this lady, very wealthy people, very wealthy family in South Africa. I'm telling you the story because we can relate, right? Super wealthy family. Uh, She goes, she's had two back surgeries already. She's in chronic pain. She can't sleep. She sits, she's, I mean, it's a mess. I think it was for a year or something that she's in this, it's, it's, it's torture. So on the Wednesday, she goes to the doctor, they do an MRI scan, right? And literally the doctor went, okay. You're going in for emergency surgery on Saturday. This is a disaster. Like, we need to get this fixed. Like, the, everything is wrong. Nothing is right. Everything is a, is a mess. So she's scheduled for Saturday. On Friday morning, she sits with the Lord, and she's like, Lord, this doesn't feel right. And she starts talking to the Lord, and the Lord tells her, uh, I, you're not having surgery. And she's going, um, I am, <laughs> you know, it's tomorrow. Like, no, you're not having surgery. I want you to cancel. She's like, Lord, I'm in pain. He's like, cancel. That's an accept. Yeah? That's an accept. And she says, okay. Like, what do you do? She says, I need you to go to the School of Supernatural on Sunday night. We ran a school in the city. I need you to go there on Sunday night, and we're going to pray for you. She's like, okay. That's the story, right? It's 10 years ago. So, the Sunday night, she rudely interrupts basically the whole thing, right? It's like one of those people. She's like, I don't care if you're worshiping. You're going to pray for me now because I need to go home. I'm like, you have to stay for the message. She's like, I'm not now. So she walks up in worship just like we did now, and she comes and stands right here in front of us. She, like, points at me. She's like, pray for me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? She's older than me in my culture. You respect that. So I'm like, yes, ma'am. All right, sure. Let's do this. So I'm like, okay, worship stop. Shh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. This lady, is, that sounds familiar, like John 2, right? so she stops the whole thing we pray for her no trumpets no lightning no chariots just bless you in jesus name and she leaves literally rude doesn't even stay for my preaching there she goes right so that's the end of the story we carry on we have a good time we're having fun The next day, she phones her mother and says, I just want to tell you something. I've been able to sleep for the first time in a year without pain, right? She was on chronic medicine, pain tablets, I don't know how many a day. She dropped everything that night. She just sent me a message this morning again. I asked your mom. She sent me a message through your mom this morning again saying, it's been 10 years. I've not touched a tablet. I've not needed surgery. I have zero pain. 10 years later. Isn't that awesome, right? Right? But the stuff needs to be stripped. They have the resources. They have the best medical aid or insurance, whatever you guys call it. She could go to the best hospital, but she chose accept. Right? And that thing positions you for the miraculous. But the problem with the miraculous, it takes a little bit of time sometimes, which we don't like. Right? Like we've learned... And it's annoying, but I've learned that God really is slow, really, until He's not, right? But unto that place, it is really slow. It's like, really, I know I need to sort out my heart, but seriously, God, you know, why is this taking forever, right? But it's worth it, the wait, because He is testing your heart. Some want the miraculous, but you don't want to wait for the Lord's hand to move. So you overshoot, you're too quick, and you bypass the provision of the Lord, you bypass the hand of the Lord with your own plans, and you miss out on this glorious testimony that's available in the Lord. You've got to choose to position yourself right before the Lord, otherwise it doesn't work. Another time we were, we were in that village, I've told this story so many times, but just because I like it, I was actually reading this story the morning before church, Sunday morning, there's a drought in our area in the villages, and uh, you've got to understand, we don't have taps where we live, so you're depending on water, um, tanks, is that, yeah, you get that, right? So you catch up rainwater, that's it, right? There's, the river is dry, the animals are dying, it smells like a graveyard, it's disgusting, oh my gosh, especially if the wind comes from the bottom, <laughs> Anyway, so it stinks, it's 29, it really stinks. So we're about, what we were about 20 people staying on our base, the Vermeerlands were very, Bonile, Ingrid, maybe 15, whatever. So we're 50, 15 people staying on our base, doing life. Like you've got, you've got to take a bath, you've got to cook, you've got to do all of that stuff. It's a bucket bath, but you need, you need to be clean, we don't want to smell, right? <laughs> and um, so we, we're living life, and it's amazing how quickly you go through water. I know you work in gallons. I don't even know what that is, right? So I'm sorry. So, but you go through a lot of water really quickly, gallons and gallons of water, right? And, uh, uh, but now it's a drought, so nobody has water. All these old ladies, the river is dry. You can't go down there to get water. So it, it sucks. People are really suffering. There's no options, right? So I get up in the morning. I'm all fired up. Uh, I'm sure it's never happened to you. And I get up, and I'm like, I read the story about Elisha and the oil, and um, and it's out of my mouth. It's too late. I created an accept, by the way. It's out of my mouth, and I'm like, listen, everybody, you can come and get water from our tank. It will not run dry in Jesus' name. So I say it, and when I'm done, I'm like, oh, like you should have checked this with your wife. You should have spoke. You should have I don't know fleece out something. But now it's too late, right? It's just out there, and the whole team is like, I really hope you heard the Lord on this one, because it's going to be a long month if you didn't. So I'm just like, yes, I created an accept. Yeah? Some of you need to create an accept. It's a faith statement based on conviction, and that draws the miraculous. So the village thinks it's awesome. They're like, ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> very, very super excited because they don't have to worry about water anymore. We're stressed. So we stay for a month. All of the houses around us comes and they get water every single day. We had half a tank left. I don't know how, it's 2,500 liters. I don't know. What is that, like 500 gallons? Let's say 500 gallons. 500 gallons of water, right? That's what we have left. That makes sense, kind of. That's 2,000.: Yeah. So we have 500 gallons in the tank. The village is getting water. We're using water every day. It does not run dry. It doesn't run dry. The last day that we as a team leaves the villages me and my friend, were cleaning the house, we opened the tap, and the last drop drops out. I'm like, "Hmm, that's interesting. Water runs dry the day we leave, right? For a month, everybody got water. We go to the city, I think about three days later, it starts pouring buckets of rain and the drought is broken. Isn't that awesome? God is amazing, right? He is brilliant and wonderful and majestic, but most of us are thinking, where are we going to get water from? Which semi are we going to get in to get a water pump and tanks of water and fill this place? Where I live, it's not an option. It's God or it's not going to happen. Create that kind of environment if you want to see the miraculous move more, right? Set your life up in a way where it's dependent on the Lord. I'm not against doctors. I like them. We need them. We use them sometimes. But they're my second line. They're not my first line. right? I've been struggling with a knee for a year now. Maybe I'm just stubborn or maybe it's faith. I don't know. It's not getting better. So I'm telling the Lord, if I get back to South Africa and you haven't healed me yet, then, well, all right. I've been waiting for a year now. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It sucks. But I really want God to touch me. I really want to create room for Him to come in. Okay? Most of us would have gone way back and said, well, this is it. We're getting it done. I don't want to do that. I'm not against it, but I don't want to. Because I need God to come and touch me. Right? I believe He can. Create and accept in your life. Don't be a knucklehead, though, because some people do that and they're just being stubborn, right? That's not what I'm talking about. It's got to be a conviction from the Lord. For other things, I would have gone way back, but for this one, I haven't yet, for a reason. I don't know why. Create room for God to move in that way. It's important, guys. If you want to see more of Him in your finances, Right? How are you gonna live with your money? How are you gonna work with that stuff? How are you operating like we we <laughs> this one so we're we're we are we are we are obviously married, and um back then <laughs> we're still married and um we just got married, so she's running these projects in our what we call townships. Townships are very poor areas. people live in little zinc zinc houses, but they build zinc shacks, you know, so it's it's like on top of each other, crazy crime, crazy everything. It's it's a jungle, right? And um, but she's running these projects. She's feeding kids in in uh, preschools and you know doing all of this stuff. So so she's taking about two hundred. What is it? Two hundred kilograms. So that's like five hundred pounds worth of uh, uh, corn like grits, grits almost, I don't know how to explain it differently, uh, chicken feet, like hundreds of pounds of chicken feet, every day she's going alone, she's driving into this place, and I mean, it's amazing there, she's like, you don't know where she is, and I don't know why I let her do it, but anyway, it probably it was the Lord, so she's driving in there with a little car, it's a three-door car, it's going to be really hard for you guys to understand it, because I've seen your cars, you don't understand the size of a car, right, Goes, I love your car. Oh, man, they're so big. It's hallelujah. <laughs> truck, I want a truck. Anyway, so, um, so it's just, it's, it's tiny. Like, you don't get tiny. This is tiny, all right? Your tiniest one takes some inches off. That's where we're at, right? Driving this little thing every day. That is not the right car to do this job with. Are you hearing me? Yeah. It's not the right vehicle. It's too low. It gets bumped. It's not like she can drive over anyone if they want to attack her. It sucks, right? She's stuck. We're just gonna, she's just going to bump them. It's going to be funny like that movie. Just, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a sucky situation. The issue is many of us in that place go, oh, but I just have a little oil, so I'm out of this. This is not working. So I'm going to wait for the Lord to provide the truck before I start doing what He's called me to do. That is wrong, right? That's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is you move on the word of the Lord with the little oil in your hand, and you start moving on that. And as you do that, then He'll come in your faithfulness, if He sees faithfulness, and He goes, you are real about what I called you for. Too many people are going, if the right thing comes, then I'll start moving. No, 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 you've missed it already. Right? You've got to start moving before you have all the stuff. It doesn't work that way. It works the opposite. We say yes first. We obey. We start moving. That's our little oil. That's our except. This little three-door micro thingy. I don't know what that is, right? This is what we have. But we're going to be faithful in what He's called us to do. It took us five years, I think, four years... We trusted for a truck four years before it happened. Four years. We would do trips into Africa, right? We are in Africa, but north of us, we're south. That's why we're South Africa, north, right? So up into Africa, we'll do all these missions trips, and we don't have vehicles. And we always have to scrape it together, make a plan, make this thing work, and we just don't have a truck. we like, God, please give us a truck. You know what's awesome about that? That day when that truck showed up, and many of you might not have been excited about that truck because it wasn't brand new, all of that stuff. Maybe you would have been. But the day that that thing pulled into my driveway, do you have any idea what that felt like? After years and years of hammering on heaven's door for mercy, And then He releases that thing over you. (laughs) That's the best. It's the best feeling you'll ever have. It's the best. We valued that thing. We drove that thing for years. It was gold. It was like, man, we just loved that thing so much. Took care of it the best I knew how. This was our tool, man. This is God. This is a story of the Lord's provision in my life. I'm so grateful But He allowed us to wait. So grateful. I was so grateful. It's going to suck. I'm so grateful I didn't have the money to just put it down. But to see Him do that for me, you understand what that did in my life? Four years, the first one. Then we keep going, keep going. Suddenly we have a team. No one has a car on the team. No one. They don't have it. They don't... They're so awesome, these people. They... Man, they gave up everything to join us. <laughs> they move down to us, their whole truck burns down. They lose everything. <laughs> and they show up with a smaller car than the one we had. And we don't have enough. My wife needs to sit on the back of the truck when we go to villages. You know how that feels? It sucks. She can't go with, the kids can't go with because there's no room. And we've got an eye lie on the back. And then this way, it, it sucks. Nobody has cars. And we're going, Lord, this is you. Surely, Lord, you called us. This, this is what we have. I have this one truck you gave to me five years ago. <laughs> Please, can you do something? And we're struggling and we're struggling. And then one day, God comes and we get this phone call. He, the guy goes, money or a truck? I'm like, truck, thank you. Right From that time, every year, until two years ago, every year we got a vehicle, every year, whoop, 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 every year. Like we could give away. You understand how awesome that is? If that oil starts flowing, but it's the obedience and it's for positioning, and it's just, I'm not going to bow, I'm not giving in, I'm not caving to the pressure. I'm not going to allow this to make me feel it's wrong. When I know He spoke, this is what He said. It's like this woman, he feared the Lord. My husband feared the Lord, but he's gone. It sucks, right? But it doesn't mean you were wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It means you're positioned for something supernatural, which is what we want. We want the accept, right? But we're too impatient, too impatient sometimes. Me too, not you, me. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. And it's small things, guys. Like, honestly, I, <laughs> I tell them, we, we bring the people from the villages. very really poor. Sometimes I'll bring them to my home. Sometimes. The leaders, and we'll just have them have a breather. Just breathe. Come and sit in our home. There's an ocean. Just live a normal life. Have a hot shower, you know. And uh, so we do that sometimes. But always when they come... It's hard for them because they, they have a picture of you in their mind because you live among them, right? So when we're in the villages, she wears a skirt up to here. She wears a, a, what? a head covering. That's the way we need to live in the village. So that, that's our life, right? She carries buckets of water, does the washing with her hands in those days before, before the Lord changed that. So now they, they, they come into your world and they see, oh my gosh, you know, your home is not what we not what the village house looks like. And always I would have to take them and just kind of calm them down because, you know, they'll lose their minds real quick. And I would just take them and I can, because they go in, they walk in the house and they go, you know, like, oh, we didn't see this coming. And then I take them and I start walking with them through the house and I show them everything. I show them the couch and I say, this couch, this is the miracle around this couch. And then I go to the next thing. Everything in our life is miracle. Do you understand? Everything. Everything in my life is miracle. The clothes I wear is miracle. Not just this, because this is, but everything. Me being in your nation is miracle. You know when God spoke to me about your nation? 2013. You know how long it took to get here? Six years. I knew people. I could probably make a phone call, but I refused to push something if it's not him. If he gave the dream, if he spoke, he's going to do it. I need the accept. I'm just going to hold on to this oil, this promise, and once he moves on it, it's going to be him and it's going to be glorious. He's just going to breathe on it. I don't have to make it happen. And here we are in your nation with my whole family, which is impossible financially, but we're here. Right? I'm driving a red truck. I don't, which is impossible, but I am on the wrong side of the road, right side for you, but it's my wrong side. Like the other day, I'm rising through the mountains here in Tennessee. just dropped Daniel off. Driving through the mountains in a red truck on the wrong side of the road in fall in Tennessee with my worship music on, and I'm thinking, where in the world am I? Like, what kind of a life do you live even, right? Does your life freak you out? Mine freaks me out consistently. Constantly, I'm going... What am I doing here? Like, I try to be cool about stuff, but on the inside, I'm not. Honestly, she knows me. I'm like, I'm just trying to look like I'm okay, but on the inside, I'm going, woo! right? This is literally what happens on the inside. I'm like buzzing the whole time. I'm like, God, how did you get me here? The other day, I'm standing a, on a stage. <laughs> it's this guy in South Africa, this farmer, right? He started a movement among men I had the biggest prayer meeting held in the world. He put this thing together. A million people gathered for a prayer meeting in South Africa. That's phenomenal. He had 450,000 men on his farm for a weekend. Angus, and he's preaching the gospel, right? And I'm going, last year I have a dream. I don't listen to his, I love him, I don't listen to last year I have a dream, he rocks up in the dream and blah, 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 he's like, thank you for what you're doing in the dream, I'm like, I tell her, I'm like, this is weird, Daniel's with me, right, I'm going, this is interesting, I don't know what this is about, can you hear this? A month later, I'm preaching in a, preaching in a meet, meeting, honestly, I didn't want to go, not because of the size of the meeting, it's just, a, it's, it's weird there, right, so I'm, I'm preaching in this place, this size meeting, right, preaching, I'm done preaching, It wasn't bad, it wasn't great, it was just a good day, right? Normal day, I'm having fun. I don't know if they enjoyed it, but I like it. Done preaching, praying for people, boom, this guy walks up to me from the back. He just eyeballs me, walks straight up to me. He's like, "Uh, listen, I don't know if this is your thing, but I just, while you're speaking, I keep feeling I need to invite you. I'm like, yeah, to what? He goes, yeah, there's this thing called Mighty Men. That's Angus's event. I'm like, I'm aware of that. (laughs) Trying to be calm. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. You're like, I feel like I need to invite you to be a speaker there. Do you want to pray about it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Being cool, I'll pray about it. right? I had a dream a month ago, guys. I don't know this guy from a bar of soap except for TV. right? March, I'm standing on a stage with Angus, preaching, three, four thousand men listening. Is that not wild? I am not that impressive. In fact, I'm rather boring. But God is awesome. If you allow the accept, just allow Him to be Him. Just allow Him to work miracles in your life, to do stuff that's going to blow your mind, and you just stand amazed the whole time. You're just like, what? Like literally, the last year of our life, we end up in places, we leave, and we look at each other, and we're like, what? Oh, I don't know how this happened. Why am I here? That's the life I want. It's the life I want, but we must be reduced to only He's going to do this. The miracles of God. We want a supernatural life, but we don't want to live a lifestyle that produces it. We want to make stuff happen. We want to work the system. We want to. No! Just let it be God. Because then you're going to be amazed. It's like, I I remember the early, I don't know why we're on stories, stories, stories. I remember the early days, they don't know it. So we're sitting man. we have nothing. We're broke. Oh my gosh, we're broke. But we know this is God. We're doing our thing. So it's their birthday, right? We want to get them a bicycle. That's what a good dad and a good mom does. We just want to get them a bicycle, right? I don't have the 500 rand, which is $20 or whatever, $25. We don't have it, right? Sorry that upset you. We didn't have it. Okay, So I'm going, his birthday is coming. They have their wish list, right? And I'm going, yeah, we're going to, don't worry. Dad's going to get this for you, right? Because we want to be good dads, right? So we go, we look at each other. We're like, we don't have it. They don't know that, right? They're just kids. They're just loving life, right? Life is awesome. Yay, dad's got this. Mom's got this. Don't worry, we're fine. But the good news is he's got this. He's my dad. It's an accept, what did I give a yes? I gave obedience. I trust Him. I train them in the way of the Lord. And now we go, help. <laughs> right? And guess what? Beautiful blue avalanche. You don't know that brand. Beautiful blue bike. And this boy thinks, man, it's awesome. And I think, you. The oil is not running out. It hasn't run out yet. And it doesn't seem like it's going too soon. If, if we can stay low, if I can stay dependent, if I can stay on my face before the Lord, right? Whether I'm in a first world nation, whether I'm in a village, whether I'm in my beautiful city home, same principle applies. Same principle. There's no excuse not to have faith. There's no excuse not to live in this place. Are you guys all right? The next one, it says, Then he said, go borrow containers from all your neighbors, empty containers, and not just a few. I like, not just a few. (laughs) I don't know what, what not just a few is, but not just a few. Bring many. Empty containers. It's so important, guys. For the miraculous... If, if you want that to move in your life, is to be, is to empty yourself of everything. And what I mean with that is many people come expecting the miraculous, but disappointment and that guy prayed for me, that guy prayed for me, that guy prayed for me, all of that thing piles up in their spirit, so they come with all of this offense, they're not an empty container, it can't be filled. Do you hear me? Empty. It got to be empty. Got to be empty if you want to be filled. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about believers, right? The crutches needs to be removed from your life, like in those villages. Now they, they're not believers, but I'll never forget. We had a. Um, it was early days. We're, we're in this village, and this old couple. But I mean, they're old, like 80. They're old, right? Walking with canes, like they are. They're struggling, right? So we're walking. I think they walked about. Um, uh, 10 kilometers, what would that be? Five, five miles, six miles, they walk to church. You know, old people are very struggling. So this guy comes, he has diabetes, he's got arthritis. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. He's going half blind in his eyes. He's not having a great season of his life, right? And, uh, but they heard of us. They're not believers, but they heard of us and they're like, listen, we need you guys to pray for us. So I'm like, okay, that's good. But they've got all these witchcraft uh, paraphernalia, like little stuff around them, or, you know, ropes, all of this stuff. All of it comes from witchcraft. It comes from ancestral worship. So all of this stuff is around them, but they just want a miracle. So I'm going, okay, um, God is not worried about that, right? He's not. He's not worried about that, but I am concerned for you, right? So, so I'm going, I can pray for you. And I 100% believe God's going to touch you. I don't have a doubt about that, that God's going to heal you. But I need you to get rid of the stuff on you. And we're going, why? Because they're like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, then I don't want to pray for you. Now, you don't like that, but uh, I don't care. Because they are not an empty container. Right? They're filling up with, on both sides. Because they believe that this thing is covering their fear because they're afraid of the punishment that's going to come should they remove their witchcraft stuff. But they want the blessing of God. Now, I've been there too long to keep giving them what they want without giving them what they need. And what they need is truth, right? They need truth. So I go, I I know He's going to touch you, but we've got to remove this stuff. You need to become an empty container. So they go, no, 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 we can't do that because if we remove it, we're going to get sick. I'm like, you're sick already. <laughs> Sorry, my logic's not that like, I'm going to get sick. I'm like, yeah, it's not working for you. No, no, you're already in trouble. They're like, okay. I'm like, God's not going to touch you, right? I go, okay, we'll remove it. So they remove this stuff, they get 100% healed, 100% healed, right? Isn't that awesome about Jesus? But we've got to empty stuff out of our lives, right? We've got to be an empty container when we come to the Lord. Offense, all these things, all the prayers of the past that didn't work. I get it, right? I don't have 100% healing rate at all. In fact, I think it's not great, right? I would like a lot more. It would be awesome. But I know what doesn't work. I'm sitting in a meeting, two people in a wheelchair, the morning, lady gets up out of the wheelchair, boom, runs around, woo, thank you, Jesus, right? That night, a lady comes, she's not paralyzed, not par- she wasn't because of an accident, she's just, she's sick, right? Young girl, 17 years old, so I'm on fire because this morning we saw it happen, so I'm feeling pretty good about this right now, right? So I'm going to her, I'm like, God's going to do this, everybody's telling her this morning this happened, we're like, yay, we can do this, so I say, you know, come. So I tried try to pull her out, she freaks out. She's like, no, 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 leave me alone. I'm like, what? She's like, no, 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 I'm afraid I'm going to fall. I'm like, hey, we're, you know, we, I'm not going to let you fall, I promise. We're here, we'll catch you, we'll take care of you. We're not, you know, I love Jacko stories, but I'm not, not going to do that yet. I don't have that word, right? Yeah. So I'm, we're going to take care of you, right? So and she freaks out completely. The fear just gets hold of her, and she never got out of the wheelchair. She never even allowed us to pray for her right? Fear was what filled that container. And we're not going to move forward, right? Fear and doubt is the enemy of our faith. Fear and doubt is the enemy of our faith. If those things are filling this container as a believer, I'm not talking about unbelievers, we're in the wrong space. And the only thing that replaces it is prayer and word. So what I wanted to say earlier, that that golden oil that flows from from, Zechariah 4, I love it because it's those two trees that's standing beside the menorah, feeding it, right, with this golden oil. And you might have a different story about it, but I prayed about it one day, and the Lord said to me, that's the word and the spirit, cool name. Uh, That's the word and the spirit. If you have word and spirit flowing, that oil will continue to flow right we've got to be possessed by the spirit we've got to be consumed by the word of god the word must shape everything every thought inside of us so that fear and doubt is not there but we're actually an empty container ready to be filled with the glory of the lord and his miracle working power if science which is awesome but if science is filling your mind above the word of god you have a problem If mother-in-law fills your mind above the Word of God, you have a problem, right? Anything that takes precedence over the Word of God in your life is filling that container with the wrong stuff, and we're not going to break out. We're not going to step into this realm of the miraculous, right? I cannot be afraid of cancer. Do you hear me? because the spirit of life is in me, and that has overcome cancer. So even though I hate what cancer does to people, and we don't have a phenomenal rate with cancer, but we have seen it healed, but I cannot be intimidated by what is in you, the sickness, the infirmity, the torment, whatever is on that person's life or on my own life, if that intimidates me above the truth of the Word, you're not going to see breakthrough. Because that thing became God then. Right? If I exalt something above the truth that He is healing, He is resurrection, then I have a problem. But the Word supersedes all of those things. And it must fill me with faith. It shapes the way I look at the world, despite the natural problem that's standing right in front of me, which sometimes is a problem. Dead people, it's a problem. But apparently they can be raised from death to life. Cripples can walk again. Cancer can be healed. HIV can be healed. Metal can disappear out of people's bodies, Right? it's possible it happens people can get a new heart it's possible why because scripture says it is so my word is, my world is shaped by that and that makes me the kind of container that he loves to put his glory inside because he's looking for broken vessels jars of clay through which the glory of the lord can shine brightly right And we are broken when we allow the Word to cut everything out of our lives that shouldn't be there. So this reverence, this love for the Word of God must return to the body of Christ. It must. You've got to read the Word for yourself. Otherwise, awesome, but you're going to keep coming to pastor for prayer. That's great. That's why you have a pastor. But wouldn't it be awesome if you become the guy praying for people and they get healed? Wouldn't that be fun? That's what we want, right? Right? I don't want just one guy praying for people and that's the way it works. We want everybody to be empowered because it's available to everyone. But this makes sure that we empty ourselves of offense of all of those kind of things. And also, don't, you know, every healing is different. Every miracle is different. Every story is different, right? I mean, the one time Jesus gives the guy a wet willy to fix his deaf ear problem, right? And then probably the next deaf guy was like, okay, just stick it in there. He's like, no, no, you just go there. Just do that. The blind eye gets mud in his eyes. The other guy just gets a word. This leper gets touched. That one doesn't. So imagine the leper that got touched. He's like, whoo, hoo hoo!" Mark chapter 1, he touched me. Come on, and I'm clean. The next group of 10, Jesus is like, no, no, stay there. Stay there, please. I don't want to touch you. Just, just go. And then they turn around. They're like, he didn't want to touch us. <laughs> touch that guy. <laughs> Super offended. Oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, why would he touch that guy? Is he now offended at us? Is it because, what, I don't know, didn't he not like the way we smelled? I don't know. Yeah? Because he did it this way with them, and now he's not doing it this way with me. And we go, oh, you see, we have these preconceived ideas about how we want him to move. And he loves moving differently with every single person. He's unique in his approach to this stuff. And because he did it this way with my wife and he's not doing it this way with you, we go, oh, you see, it's not happening. No, no, no. He's going to do it differently. And it's okay. But we get offended by it. Two people, same prayer line, this one's back gets healed, this one doesn't. Oh, you see, doesn't love me. (laughs) But he wanted to heal you two or three days later out of a supernatural encounter. We've had that. People get prayed for, go home, nothing happens, that night stuff starts happening, right? And they get healed. I never hear about it, maybe like four years later, which would be awesome if people tell me sooner, right? Really helpful. But for some reason, they never tell you, right? God is God. Let Him be God. Let Him move the way He wants to move. Don't come with this full container of, this is the way it needs to be, because that guy gave a tithe and therefore showed up a million dollars underneath his bed one morning that's epic, that hasn't happened to me yet, I don't know if you're the lucky one, but it's not my story, right, it works different for me, and it's okay, I'm not comparing my story to yours, mine is just cool, I'm satisfied with my story, I don't care how it comes, as long as it comes, that's it, but we wanted to come this way, because Wigglesworth had it this way, Wigglesworth punched people, and therefore they got healed, I punch people, and I get punched back, <laughs> right, not the same anointing, people get annoyed, Right? <laughs> Never punch somebody, I promise. There was this one guy. <laughs> so just, just relax. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Just relax. Learn how to receive from God without all the hoops that you want God to jump through. Why do you want Him to jump through hoops? You jump through hoops. He's God, not you. Okay, I have a friend who always says it's like he really thinks he's the boss. So rude of him. He thinks he's in charge. He thinks he can do whatever he wants. And he can. Don't tell him how you want it to happen. Just be an empty container. Just say, come. Just fool me. Fill me. We had another miracle because I want to challenge your thinking. So we're, we're, this is a lady. She's got HIV, AIDS. She's got way too many children with way too many men. But anyway... We like her. Her name is Ntombi Zonke. Try saying that. Can you say that? Ntombi Zonke. Good job, right? Ntombi Zonke is her name. I don't want you to forget. When I come next time, I'm going to ask you. You're going to tell me, how is Ntombi Zonke doing, all right? No, I'm just kidding. So Ntombi Zonke, she is, uh, She. I don't know, she was cutting, preparing food or something, and she gets the knife into her hand, like pretty good job. She did it well, right? She didn't do half measure. She really got it in there, right? And she decides not to tell us about it because, I don't know what, but she's got HIV-AIDS, aid, so these kind of cuts is quite problematic because uh, your immune system is down, it's not going to get healed, it's all kind of stuff. So a couple of days later, she comes to a prayer time, and her hand is all swollen, and it's it, like pus coming out of it, it's pretty ugly. And she's got AIDS, so we're kind of like, we want to help you, but I don't really want to touch you, you know, kind of a vibe. So <laughs> the wound, because it's, you know. And... Um, So, we take her to a hospital. It's called the Hospital of Death. So, not the great best choice, but that's what we have, right? Because it's the only one nearby. So, we take her to this hospital. It is, oh my gosh, it is rough. Like, in Jesus' name, I don't want you to end up there myself, anybody. Anyway, but this is what we have. So, we take her there. We're like, please help this lady out, right? So, she's there, I don't know how many days. Every day we phone, like, it's like a week. Phone her, like, how are you doing? Are they doing anything? No, they're doing absolutely nothing. I think they gave her, like, like um, aspirin, like, pain tablets. I'm like, yeah, seriously, guys, we could have done that. That She needs a drip. She needs this antibiotics. This wound needs to be cleaned out. She needs, because this thing is swelling. And, I mean, we're talking gangrene. We're talking all kinds of stuff. Nothing's happening. So I get on my horse <laughs> with the translator, and we go to the hospital. So I walk in there again. I'm the wrong guy. I get it, but I'm the only choice right now, yeah, I'm it, sorry, right, sometimes you're it, don't feel right, don't feel like you want to be it, but you're it now, and I'm not confrontational, I don't know, maybe you perceive me differently, but I'm actually pretty calm and chilled, I don't want to fight with people, that's not my, it's not fun, I don't enjoy it, right, so I show up at the hospital, they don't want to let me in, so I'm not impressed right now, a translator with me so i'm like we're going in blah, 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 blah. i'm like we're going in All right, so we go in we get there so we get to the hospital we're like you can't see her no we're seeing her we're like who are you i'm her caretaker she's like you're not i'm like we're family she's like you're not wrong color i'm like i'm her pastor she lives in, on my home we take care of her children if she dies i need to take care of her children i don't want to i need to speak to somebody <laughs> right, honestly, that's how I spoke to them, they're like, who are you, I'm like, the children is going to become my problem, we've got to fix this situation, so they're all being funny, the nurses, the doctors, nobody's kind, so I come in, not knowing all of this stuff, and I, I just start, I'm just like, listen, you're going to take care of her, like, we are taking care of her, I'm, you're not, like, what do you know, I'm like, I know nothing, I read Google, they're like, that's your problem, <laughs> I'm like, I don't care, you're wrong, I phoned a friend as well, she's a doctor, she said you're messing up, right, I need you to get this lady fixed. What's going to happen to her children? And it's a big fight. I mean, they are furious with me. And You don't get our world. They are really obnoxious. They really are, especially if you stir the system. Because they don't want to work. They don't want to do this. This means work. I'm like, she's going to die. Children, help. Don't want to help. So I, I just you know, literally throw the tables over, basically, just going flat out, you're going to take care of this woman now. So I leave, and then about, what is it, two, three days later, she comes back. She's released out of hospital, healed, all of that's good. Here's the story. So I speak to her. I said to her, what happened? She said, when you left, it went like this. People started running around. They started doing stuff. She said, but the problem was, when you came in, I feared for my life. Because what they do there, if you come in, and you start arguing with them, they'll just leave you. They won't treat you at all. So I go in, Wrong guy, wrong language, wrong everything. I go in, we have this fight. The miracle is that the fear of the Lord actually came on them. And they started treating her correctly and she's healed three days later. Do you understand that miracles look different? Her hand should have been healed. Then then I didn't have to go to the hospital and fight with anybody. But that's not what God wanted to do. God wanted to do that. But if I had this preconceived idea, I would miss the awesomeness of the story. Right? Because we have an idea. This is the way it's got to be. No, it doesn't. It would have been much cooler if her hand got healed. But for some reason, that's not what he wanted to do. We prayed for a lady one time. She had a thing on her eye. I'll never forget it. So she needed an eye operation. But because of this little growth on her eye, like in it was like, oh, what, what is the blue part? People. Uh, People. Iris, on the iris, she had this thing, but that's causing a massive issue with her sight, the mia's mom, and uh, auntie, and um, so we pray for her, she's not even there, we pray like remotely for her, like the lady comes, pray for her, that's it, she comes back, she finds, she comes the next week, she testifies, she's like, the craziest thing happened, I'm like, yeah, tell me about it, she's like, so my auntie went back to the doctors. They did a scan, the little bubble thing that was there, That was completely healed, and because of that, she could be operated. So I'm going, something about this doesn't feel right. Because why didn't the Lord just heal the whole thing? But he decides it's a great idea just to remove the little bubble so that they can go to the doctors. (laughs) Isn't that weird? But that's God. Is she better? Yes. Did he heal her eye? Yes. Now she's seeing. Operation. But the bubble was an issue. God decided I'm going to deal with that right I don't know I don't agree with him on this one but he decided he's the boss and I'm just grateful that I can be in the room that's it guys move your preconceived ideas you've got to get it out of the way right can I get the last one and then we're done not done but done yeah the last one is just I want to talk I'm going to take two minutes I don't know if I say that if it's true or not I want it to be true. But the last thing I just want to say is identity is pretty important in this situation. (laughs) Right? Because as I said earlier, if a miracle or a healing breakthrough defines in your mind whether God loves you or not, you're on a very slippery slope. Right? He didn't heal me. And therefore, he loves this guy more because he healed him. That's not true. I don't know why the healing didn't break through for you. I have no idea. It frustrates me too. We're going to figure it out. All we can do is say we're going to do better. Seek the Lord. Press in more. Please, Lord. More, more breakthrough. But some of us go, he didn't touch me. Therefore, he doesn't love me as much as he loves this one. Because this one he touched It's not true. Right? And I know it's hard, but it's not true. I'm not saying he gives us sick, none of that stuff. I don't believe that he gives us sicknesses, none of that. That's not, none of it. I'm just saying he's weird. And he's awesome. And he's different. And I know, this is what I do know, that nothing, me and you go through he hasn't already made provision for in his grace. Nothing. Nothing. It's like people go, but you don't know what I'm going through. I'm like, you don't know what he went through. We love Hebrews 4 where it says that we have this high priest that has been tempted and tested in every way. Therefore, he has empathy or sympathy towards us, whatever translation he has. He, He understands what you went through. And we kind of read that. And many of us, we get stuck on the beating, the whipping, uh, the fawn, fawny crown, we, you know, the carrying the cross, nailed, pierced hands, which is true. That would have sucked, right? That's painful. But I want you to get something that the minute that he breathed out, when he gave up his spirit and he uh, ascended into the realm of death, just think about this for a minute, every sin... Every demon, spirit, every evil, past, present, future, was released unto him. Everything, everything, abuse, molestation, those spirits, whatever is behind that, all of that was put onto him. He became sin, that means. He took all of it inside of himself. He felt cancer. He felt HIV. He felt violence against him. He felt, all of it. he felt all of it in that moment. And not limited, not veiled. It was full on hell released onto the sun. That's what happened to Christ. That's why it says all your sickness, all your diseases, it's been paid for. He 100% gets what you go through, through and so much more. There is nothing that you can bring to the table that he goes, oh, no, I don't get it. He gets it. Trust me, he gets it. He gets it. So you were molested as a child. I hate that in Jesus' name, but he gets it. He gets it. And he goes, there is grace, there is provision even for that because he paid the price. So irrelevant of the outcome of this thing. Grace is available. Mercy is available. He made provision on the cross for your healing, already. And if it's not a physical manifestation right now, then there's going to be grace to endure. When I just got born again, I lived a horrible lifestyle, right? So I just, I'm, I'm active. I tried to play professional tennis. So I'm, a, you know, I'm an athlete. Yay, love that stuff. Uh, I'm coaching. I get born again life is awesome, you know, I stop the drugs, stop the drinking, stop the smoking, all of that stuff immediately, Uh, two months in, I'm standing on the tennis court, I'm coaching, I I used to be a coach, I have a little water container about this size, and I'm talking to one of the students, holding the water container, trying to drink, and the next minute I do this, and it just, (coughs) and it just falls out of my hand, boom, and I'm going, that's weird. I pick it up again, standing like this, drinking. The next minute, there it goes. And okay, that's new. It's a new problem. <laughs> I haven't had that one before, right? So I go home. I'm like, okay, this is not great. Next minute, I'm sitting, and I start shaking, like just shaking in my chair. Like, what in the world is going on with me? I'm healthy, you know, all of that stuff. Headaches. All of this stuff starts happening. I end up in a wheelchair, right? Right? <laughs> being pushed around into hospital. I just got born again. I'm so on fire for God. Why am I not being healed? I don't know. I should be healed, right? But I'm in this, like they do test after test, lumbar punches, CT scans, MRIs, the the whole thing, like everything. They test me for AIDS. (laughs) They test me for Julian Beret, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. What was the other one? multiple sclerosis, everything, everything. Like, I'm just like, and I'm 26 years old being pushed around in a wheelchair in a hospital looking like this, right? That's awkward, (laughs) believe it or not. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm going, this is a great time to give up your faith if you want to. Because I just accepted him. If he loves me, why is this happening to me, right? That's garbage. That's garbage. I'm telling you right now, that is demonic, Absolute fleshly thinking. It's fleshly. That's it's weird. It's wrong. He paid the whole price for me. Everything. If I don't get anything from him again, I just go to heaven. It's an awesome deal. It's brilliant. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm eternally his. What more do you want? Right? So I'm in this, dude. I'm so sick. I can't walk to the toilet. I'm like it's a mess. But then there's a guy next to me, old chap he's in his bed right and um, he makes fun of me he thinks I don't know what he, I don't know what he was thinking he's just teasing me or whatever and he drops something and he can't get he's like "Oh, please young man can you get that for me and I'm like yeah right so I'm kind of picking it up with my arms giving it to him and, and he goes like I'm sorry I'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah so. anyway here's the point I was in there for two weeks And in the condition, I started serving everybody around me. I woke up every morning. I'm probably the worst looking of all the sick people next to me, right? And I just made a decision. I felt the Lord. I'm just like, I'm a mess. I'm shaking. I can't get my words out properly. It sucks, but I'm going to be a blessing to this ward in the hospital. And I just started ministering to people. I'm born again like two months. I don't know much, but I have a Bible and I love Jesus. I'm shaky, but I, I actually started praying for the sick in the hospital. And I think all of them were like, yeah, uh uh, uh-uh, get away from me. It's like, oh, can I pray for you? Or no, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, whatever, man, I don't care. You, we don't want to do that because we think, look at me, I can't do this. Surely he doesn't love me. No, he absolutely loves me. And what was the testimony? That word started changing because the shaky guy, right? That doesn't have it together, we're still flowing in God's grace, mercy, and power because I'm not defined by my circumstances. He defines me. And that's awesome. That makes me a free man, right? I can minister, I can pray, I can be a blessing, it doesn't matter what bind I'm in, right? And that's the position that gets us right for the miraculous. They owe me, I owe money, everything sucks, we're going to take away my children, nothing works, God doesn't love me. No, He does. What do you have? I have a little bit of oil. Okay, great, let's go. Let's go. Right? That sickness, it sucked, I don't want it again. But boy, did it teach me some things. It taught me stuff. It taught me That I can be as broken as you want to be, and God can still use me, and I can be a blessing, even to the guy that's laughing at me next next door. And his life gets touched, and after a while he goes, What is it with you? I'm like, Well, there's this guy I know, his name is Jesus. I'm born again, this is it. People got touched. Whether they wanted to or not, I would just no, I'm just kidding. But do you get it? It's awesome life. It's awesome. And it sucks and it's hard and it's painful sometimes. But man, we can always be a blessing. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's mercy and grace and the presence of the Lord. And He's not forgotten you. He's not left us. He doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to be willing. doesn't define you. does not define you. My mom died of a, a, uh, what do you call it? Uh Hemorrhage. Stroke. Stroke. Aneurysm. Aneurysm. She's 70 years old. She dies of a stroke. Out of the blue, she's doing her doctorate doctorate in theology at the age of 70, right? Dynamic woman, right? We didn't agree theologically, but I loved her. Um, She was like super conservative, but anyway. So she dies, and at that time, David Hogan comes. Every single testimony David Hogan shares is about people with strokes who got healed. I'm like, this sucks. She's dead. Like every, I don't know why. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know what he did. Every story is about stroke, got healed, stroke, got healed. I'm like, yep, not the story with me. And now in that you realize you're being confronted with, okay, so are we now not happy for those who got healed of strokes (laughs) because your mom died? That's weird. How are you going to view life? It's something to be celebrated. She didn't get healed, but my goodness, others did. That's hope. That's hope, right? That's hope. When she got sick, I phoned her. I'm, I'm, I said, "When I phone her, we're in the same home." <laughs> so I get up. I said, "I'm going to the hospital." Like, what are you going to do? I'm like, "I'm finding people with strokes. We're going to pray for them." Right? I don't think anybody got healed. I don't think anything happened. But you've got to break through the barrier of the grief and the disappointment and say, I still believe that God can do this thing because He loves me irrelevant of what's happening to her. That doesn't mean He doesn't love me or her. It's not it. Right? All of this breeds a healthy environment for God to move. Right? And I really want Him to move today. I really want Him to touch you. I really want him to empower you. I really want him to release stuff through you, right? If you need healing, I want him to really touch you. That would make me happy. If you need breakthrough in your marriage, I really want him to touch you. If you need healing in your heart because of disappointment, I really want him to touch you too. It sucks, that feeling. I, can, I know that feeling. I have lots of bad stories too, right? But I'm happy. I'm healed. I'm excited about God. I still believe Him. I still believe Him. Right? I'm not giving up. And I want that for you. Right? I want you to have breakthrough in that area that you're looking for. Right? I want Him to move and do something glorious today. So if you want, you can stand. Are we still okay with time? All right. I don't know what the time is. I'm on the Crossville time zone, so we've got lots of time. All right. So I want you to just stand there for a moment. I want to acknowledge, because I feel his presence. It's an interesting presence that I feel this morning. I like it. I want you to just acknowledge him for a minute where you're standing. Just acknowledge him. Stretch out your hands. Just welcome what he's doing in the room. And I think what I like about it is it's like a mixed anointing. Because there's inner healing, there's healing, and then there's impartation. And I think all of it's kind of blended together this morning. Right? So, just for a moment, I want you to tap into that a little bit more. I want you to empty yourself out before the Lord. Everyone in this room, empty yourself out. The disappointment, the pain, whatever it is, maybe it's you trusting for your own miracle and it's not happening. I want you to give that to the Lord. Maybe it's you wanting to see Him move in power through you and that's not happening. I want you to give that to the Lord as well. Right? These moments, these moments, if we're sensitive, it can mark us forever. Right. Moments just like this transformed my life. So, so whatever it is that you feel that is holding me back, would you surrender just a moment? Just surrender it to the Lord. Just empty yourself out. Jesus. yourself out every excuse I want you to lay down Avery he doesn't love me no 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 he does it's like how do you know well I see a cross that's how I know Avery oh but it's not happened. I've been trusting for so long I need you to trust a little bit longer keep trusting not giving up today we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed but those with faith who preserve our souls that's who we are right so just let go of those things thank you for listening to this session we hope that you were blessed by it for more information about the ministry go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on facebook and instagram under aflame ministries until next time be blessed in jesus name